Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, folks. Wednesday edition, Outkick, the coverage radio program. Actually, Thursday edition. Days are just kind of rolling by right now. It is Thursday. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick studios for 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, Clay Travis is still out. He's out for the remainder of the week, so we're in. Jeff Schwartz down in Charlotte, North Carolina, at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. I am Jason Martin, at jmartzone. You can follow me, the crew out in Los Angeles, Trifecta plus W Yarbrough here in the Music City with me. 877-99 on Fox to join us, 877-996-6369. Warren Sharp joining us later on in the show, so he's going to make us smarter. He's probably going to make me feel kind of dumb in the process as he dives deep into numbers as only he can. But that's always a great conversation. We're now 49 days away from the start of the NFL season. Jeff, football continues to get closer. I get more excited by the day, and I don't think I'm alone. How much Broncos news and information did you read yesterday, being a Broncos fan, that you are about the first reporting day of training camp? I See, I don't get as much from training camp as a lot of people. I get okay. more now than I used to. Uh, I stood next to some coaches last year at Titans camp and, and learned a lot, and that made me kind of look at it from a different perspective. Yes, but true. I don't just deep dive into every piece of, oh, uh, well, I mean, Sanders <laughs> is out, but just like anybody on any team, like just here in Nashville, it's like, oh, Corey Davis dropped a couple of passes today in practice. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I just don't think that it matters nearly as much as some people. Like, some people sit there and meticulously scream, every single play down 
I just don't see the value necessarily in that. <laughs> you know, you 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 know behind the curtain. You you understand the way it works. Uh, I will say that the best thing to come out of yesterday, and obviously we are one day into the start of a training camp with veterans. There were some rookies who reported yesterday for various um, organizations. You can report up to a week early if you are a rookie. Uh, basically, you do training camp just without the veterans. You have practice. You have meetings. Uh, I think you get some of the rookie administration stuff out of the way. You have some meetings on on you know um, on just different things. Um, you get those out of the way. Uh, but Vic Fangio, the new Broncos head coach, uh, was talking about the fans. I thought it was a great quote. It's a great way to start the season um, with fan interaction. They have the most open practices of any organization to the fans in 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 the NFL. Nineteen open practices, and part of that is uh, a function of just we don't have as many practices anymore. Um, and so they're not all in pads and some of them before games and some of our game plan days now. Um, and so they're not, the fans aren't always there. And secondly, like he said, is that, you know, teams aren't going away for camp as much. A lot of teams stay home now. It's tougher for fans to sometimes get to the facility to, to interact with, with the players where when you go away to camp, and I've been away now three times, three, three different, um, organizations, the fans are a big part of going away. Uh, to camp is you bring in new fans from different areas who get to watch you who might not see a game all season or might not be able to attend a game all season and they're able to go to training camp interact with the fans um, and he said that that's what he wanted to at least try to do in Denver so I thought it was a good message on the first day of training camp was just fan interaction and how much you know he enjoys and how much he understands training camp can be used to really get your fan base excited. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that you can do to kind of make the fans invested, especially at this point in time, is going to be a positive. Speaking of fans, quote, he's here to play in front of fans who actually care, who will actually show up to every game and pack the stadium and love him for who he is, unquote. That from Baker Mayfield and Mina Kimes, excellent um, long-form article on Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns that was the cover story of ESPN the magazine this week. We're going to have Frank Isola, who knows New York sports, certainly, as he's covered it for such a long time. And we can talk to him about the Giants as well as a lot of things happening in the NBA. But what exactly is Baker Mayfield doing here? I guess he's just needling. He just has a little bit of troll in him. Actually, he has a lot of troll in him. I don't think that Giants fans were the problem in New York. I don't know that that's what was making Odell Beckham Jr. unhappy. I could be wrong. You played for that organization, but it's not like I felt like that the Giants were lacking for support. Of course they weren't. This is a direct needling of the Giants on behalf of Odell. And what's what's kind of amazing about this is um, a couple things. Is One, obviously, the unnecessary shot at the Giants, right? And the Giants fans. And, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday saying... Um, you know, the Giants fans don't care about their team. And some Giants fans were saying, well, you know, I was, my friends didn't like him. But how does that really affect Odell? Odell's not hearing that. He's not going to your friend's house to watch the game with 15 of, of Giants fans. He's only hearing the stuff on Twitter, which, yes, Twitter can be a cesspool, but it's not an accurate representation, of course, of fans. And, and a lot of Giants fans, Odell was the only thing positive for three or four years. They loved Odell. Now, you can take a shot at the organization, maybe, for the way they handled him, which is definitely true. But to say that everyone showed up to games, dude, you are you play for the Browns. Do you know the history of the Browns? No one showed up for 17 years. Like you can't, you can't go out, you can't go bash the Giants, an organization with four Super Bowls, and the Browns. This is another example 
of Baker Mayfield running his mouth. And look, I understand that this is part of who he is, right? The Mina Kimes article, this is where this is from. Fantastic article. She's a great writer. Yeah. She's an outstanding writer. Go read it. It's fantastic as usual. Anything she writes, I would recommend reading. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's what it is, right? He, he has an ego. He's brash about it. He's cocky about it. He doesn't really care what you think. The problem with it, and from, from the way I look at it, is that the quarterback position requires a certain level of calmness. It requires a certain level of, of um, what's the right word? Leadership's not the right word because I think he's a good leader. Um, it requires, it's a maturity. I think it takes a little bit of maturity. You no, know, it does take maturity, a little cal- calmness of your mind, um, you know, just just more of the attitude of like I'm gonna go show you what I'm doing. I'm not gonna talk about it. Now there, you have now now I will say this. Any I would say that any player who succeeds in the NFL for a long period of time has to be cocky, has to have an ego. And you just don't really say it out loud if you're a quarterback. You leave that in the locker room. And he continues to put a lot of pressure on him and Freddie Kitchens. I wrote this about a month ago. I looked it up last five years, six years. And really, go, I mean, I, I, beyond that, I think this is also true, but I don't think there's been a head coach, first-year head coach, that has had more pressure on him to win in year one than Freddie Kitchens. It, it is, an, it is an, a, a, in my opinion, unattainable amount of pressure for year one. Freddie Kitchens has had almost no experience coaching. None. You know, we, we can look at Frank Reich, who had a great year last year with the Colts in year one. He's still an NFL lifer. He played quarterback for like 16 years in the NFL. He he worked under Doug Peterson. He has he has he has a lot of experience in the National Football League. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was considered such a good coach and such a good up and coming coach that basically Andy Reid was like, "Hey Eagles, can you please hire Doug Peterson so I can go ahead and have Matt Nagy continue as my uh, as my as my quarterback and really the offensive coordinator like there was that much seen in him plus he played quarterback for a long time right so Freddie Kitchens I know he played quarterback at Alabama but really here's his coaching since then right he has been the leader of an entire offense for like seven games last year eight games last year that's it otherwise he's been quarterback coach tight ends coach tight ends coach running back coach um and I know that we're going to point to Sean McVay again because he is young and he didn't have much experience. But he's also an NFL lifer, right? He's been around mm-hmm. the game his entire life. He's the outlier. You cannot look at outliers and say, this, that's what Freddie Kitchens is going to be. There's no proof he's going to be that. And we look at, at coaching um, in the NFL with, as we should, with, with the keen eye because it, it's, so, it's so important to winning. But for some reason... We just assume that Freddie Kitchens is going to be great. And we're saying that the Browns will be 9 and 7, 10, 10 and 6. They're going to win the AFC North. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to do this and that. Most first year coaches have no pressure on them whatsoever. And they enter the situation. Frank Reich, no pressure on him last year to do well. Matt Nagy, no pressure on him to do well. Typically, you get a year or two to figure it out. And when you sneak up on people like those teams do, it's easier to sneak up on people than it is to be the big dog when you've never been the big dog before. So there's just so much pressure on him, and Baker Mayfield's comments continue to put the pressure on the brothers. I hope he understands he has to back this up now. You're a Titans, you have a national Jason, you're a Titans fan. Um, the Titans are going to go in there, they're going to quietly have their training camp, they're going to quietly get, get prepared, then they're going to go in there and smack the Browns around. I hope the Browns are ready for that. Like, I, I just, I don't think that they are ready for the shot they're going to get of every team this year because of the, of how much talking they do. So you're, 
You're saying you think the Titans are going to beat the Browns in the first week of the season? I bet the Titans plus five already. I think wow. they have a very good chance to beat the Browns. Yes, because dude, like, I, here, here's the way I look at the NFL, and and maybe I'm I'm boring the way I do this. I probably am, but we have certain. I don't know if trends is the right word, but there are certain things that win in the NFL, right? And I like to stick with those. I like to stick with pocket passers. That's what wins in the NFL. You might be excited about Lamar Jackson. You might be excited about Josh Allen. But those those style of quarterbacks eventually fizzle out. Cam Newton's exception. I'm not betting my I'm not betting my my franchise on the exception. Cam Newton's also he looks like a defensive end. The last time I saw him in person was 2016. Um, he was warming up before the Chiefs game, um, and he looks like a defensive end. Like he's built differently. He's he's different. You can have outliers when they're Cam Newton. Lamar Jackson is not built differently. Kyler Murray is not built differently. Like we've seen that a style of quarterback wins the national football. Josh Allen, Josh Allen's built a little differently. But again, he didn't complete any passes in college. Like that matters when you get to the NFL. We continue to see one style of quarterback works. So guess what? I'm going to draft and I'm going to favor when I look at quarterbacks the style of quarterback that works. I, I don't think that's a crazy thing. In Baker Mayfield. His size is a little undersized, but he can throw the ball. I'm not, I'm not doubting his, his actual physical talent. I think he's very talented, and he showed last year he can be very talented. But the Browns didn't play well against playoff teams on the road last year. That's that what you have to do to win, to be a, a winning organization. Um, and they're not sneaking up on people this year. And no quarterback has run his mouth more than Baker Mayfield. I, I just, there's, I, there's no question about that. We can go, we can go through a litany of that a little <laughs> bit later on in the show. The Browns haven't had a winning season, Jeff, in 11 years. And there are a lot of people that think, oh, if they don't win 10 games, this is a disappointment. I know that technically there is a lot of talent on that field, on both sides of the ball. If it clicks, yeah, absolutely. The other problem is, and we had um, Alan Bell in yesterday for the final hour, and he talked about the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers haven't gone anywhere. Thank you. That's the problem for me. I just keep looking at it. I'm like, that team over there still got a coach and a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl before, that has done this kind of thing before. Juju's a hell of a player. They got better in the draft. Their defense, I think, is going to be improved. Yes. And they can still run the ball, I'm pretty sure, too. And they have a great offensive line now. They lost their offensive line coach, who's actually now in Denver. Um, uh, but, yes, I think the Steelers win. I think they, I think they win the division. Um, and here's why. Unlike the Browns, who can't shut up, really, Baker, all the Steelers have done this offseason is quiet, right? Quiet. Big, Big Ben spent one day answering Antonio Brown. He did it in a respectful manner. He was apologetic. He was sincere. At least I think he was sincere. I think people don't think he was sincere. But he seemed very sincere. Gone about their business, right? No offseason news. Nothing crazy. You know, Big Ben, hurt. he heard the criticism. Guys, Big Ben's a bad leader. So what does Big Ben do? He brings his boys out. To, to his lake house, and the, and, they, and he tries to bond with them. He heard all the criticism. He's he canceled his radio appearances this year. He's all about business. The first time in his career where people have said, "Big Ben, we doubt you." Steelers, we're doubting you. That's so powerful for veterans who need motivation as they get older in their career and they're fighting off father time. You have an older team, especially on offense, offensive line, quarterback, big you know important positions that. Are being doubted. They're being doubted nationally. That's such a big motivation, you know, motivational factor for them. I think the Steelers win ten or eleven games and win the North. I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, I think that's the most likely conclusion. And the Browns, it just 
you usually don't go from what they've been to that good that quickly. It usually takes a little bit more of a gradual step. Now, if everything clicks, they have all the tools that you would want to be able to do that. But Baker is talking a lot, and I know he's the kind of guy who welcomes the challenge. But there is definitely going to be a target on his back because he's already speaking out of school. He's even he's even had to be talked to by his own veterans on the team that are like, hey, let's not talk about people's money and contract situations on the team because he got a little ahead of himself talking about Duke Johnson as well. And that, that wasn't a smart play. He'll figure this out, I think. Or maybe this is just who he is. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trips 
hooks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. Dot com slash sports tire rack.com the way tire buying should be clay's been out all week he's going to continue to be out all week he'll be back on monday he's in denver that means jeff schwartz down in charlotte eight-year nfl veteran he's with me jason martin he's at jeff schwartz i'm at j Zone. we bring in frank isola usual thursday guest at the frank isola writer for the athletic also around the horn and i guess we don't call him fill in frank because we're more fill in jeff and fill in j mart than frank because frank's on here every week how are you frank so you guys know the feeling then. At any moment when they call you, you got to jump in and work. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, that, that's absolutely right. But you're doing fantastic work. I don't even know how you're holding up your schedule at this point. So tell me what this means to you. He's here to work, and he wants to be surrounded by people who love him and support him and allow him to be himself. He's here to play in front of fans who actually care, who will actually show up to every game and pack the stadium and love him for who he is. That's Baker Mayfield talking about Odell Beckham Jr. You being in New York. I don't think it was a lack of fan support for Odell Beckham Jr., was it? Or am I wrong about that? Oh, come on. It's that, that's all revisionist history. You know how it is. Odell Beckham shows up, the type of player that he is, with the way that he looks, the hair, all the young kids like him. But, you know, here's the thing. After a while, you know, he's got a big personality, a lot of talent, but it also comes down to production. In his last couple of years in New York, he was hurt a lot. The one playoff game that he played, and you guys will remember this, he went on that boat trip from yep. the time, you know, they had a week off before their game. He went down to Miami, was hanging out, which I, I still don't think is the right thing to do. I, I'm not so sure Tom Brady goes on vacation a week before the playoffs. The production wasn't there. The fans in New York loved him, but they got a little tired of him at the end. That's trying to come up with a reason why you're not there anymore. And, you know, he, he basically talked his way out of town. Hopefully it works out for him because we know that he's talented. But I say this all the time about Odell Beckham. His most famous catch, which was a great catch, but I, I do feel like every weekend now there's like even like high school kids and younger than that that make these crazy catches, probably because of the gloves that they wear. But the but the Giants lost that game to the Cowboys that day. To me, that was that kind of defines Odell Beckham's run in New York. Unbelievably talented, had some great moments, but the Giants didn't win. You know what's right. funny? You know, I, don't know how, but I, I was on the Giants when that happened, that catch. I was the first one to actually go down and give him a hug after that play. And you're right. I don't even remember the outcome of the game. And I remember most outcomes. Like, that, that, you're right. It was, it became about the catch 
and not about the result on the field. That's that's an interesting way to put it. It's true. No, I, I, absolutely. And, and once again, I, I say it all the time. Uh, you know, on Monday morning, you watch all these highlight shows. It's always like some catch from some guy from some small college or from, you know, a high school. And even, like, you know, kids playing football on the peewee level. Kids are making, like, these great catches because of, the you know, these gloves that they wear. That was a great catch. I'm not trying to take away from it. You, know, you would know better than me. The guy is supremely talented. But there are certain organizations that you go to, whether or not it's the Lakers in the uh, NBA where they've won all the time. You're going to be judged on whether or not you won. And I'm not trying to say the Giants are, you know, they're, they've been around forever. They didn't always win, but they have won relatively recently. And that's how you're kind of judged. And when you're a high pick like that, you know, you're going to be judged on how you impacted the team in terms of winning. We know what Eli Manning has done. We know what Lawrence Taylor did way back when. These guys won. And it was a great catch, but ultimately Odell Beckham did not win. It was more, it was more fluff than anything else. Frank, CP3, now you're hearing that the idea of potentially moving him has stalled out, and now you're seeing the spin, which is, oh, this is going to be mutually beneficial to have him play for the Thunder this year. Is it mutually beneficial, Frank, or is it mutually we can't find anybody to take on this contract at Chris Paul's age and with his injury history and just the problems that he can create from a chemistry standpoint in the locker room? You just hit on it. It's absolutely the latter, and you're right. It's spin. Because really, Oklahoma City, the moves that they made, that was about getting off the contracts of both Paul George and especially Russell Westbrook. They knew after what happened last year, or I should say a few months ago, losing in the first round to Portland and seeing how the Lakers got better, they, they knew you know, Sam Presti's a smart guy. And he knew that it, they, they were in a tough spot. That team really wasn't going anywhere. So he wanted to get off those two contracts. He did a good job with that. But they're looking to move Chris Paul, but that, that's a tough one. I'm a, a lot of people thought that Chris Paul was untradeable, or he got traded once. Now we want to see him get traded again. But to me, there's a very small market for Chris Paul because it's a lot of money. He's 34 years old. Go look at his games played the last two years. He plays in the 60s. So can he really help you? And Miami was the one team that everyone thought that that's where he would go to. But I don't know. I think Pat Riley is thinking about next summer and the summer after that in terms of free agency. And if you sign Chris Paul, you're in it for the long haul. That's a four-year contract he's got. He's making oh, three years left. He is making a ton of money. And that contract is, you know, in terms of the production and the amount of money he's making, that's a difficult one. I, I think it has more to do with the fact that they can't find a trading partner. The NBA put in a Supermax in uh, the 2016 CBA. So we have... Uh, the John Wall deal to thank for that. The Russell Westbrook deal to thank for that. And sort of the Chris Paul deal. They kind of added like a super max for older players. So like the three worst contracts in the NBA are super max deals. Did, has this been kind of a failure for the NBA to, to allow this type of contract uh, to, to be in the CBA? Now, the players union is going to tell you, are you crazy? We, we need these contracts. <laughs> but but here's, here's the thing. The super max, the reason why they have it is they want these players to stay with their teams, but there have been players, and I guess the most notable one would be Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard could have signed a Supermax deal with San Antonio. He didn't want to be there anymore. He forced the trade. Now, he ends up going uh, you know, to Toronto, winning a championship. I think it still comes down to picking the right players. You know, so Washington feels you know, they felt this obligation to give John Wall that contract. He'd only been to the second round. You know, so you're, you're paying him based on potential and now all you're doing ever since you signed him was looking to get rid of the contracts i still think 
it could work with some players. If you sign Kawhi Leonard to a max, uh, super max, he's worth it. Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James would have been worth it in Cleveland. But, you know, there are certain players, and without question, John Wall would go to the top of the list because right now that might be the most untradeable contract because he's also coming off Achilles surgery. So I, I just think it depends on the player and the organization. And you're right, though, in the case of Washington, it was a bad move. John Wall's teammate Bradley Beal is kind of on the trade market. Do you think there's going to be a trade for him before the start of the season? You know, it, that, that's a tough one. If, if I'm Washington and there's been talk about Miami trading for him, so that's an interesting one. If you're Washington, you're trading the guy in conference to a rival, and, you know, that, that's your best player. I'm only trading Bradley Beal if I can get someone to take John Wall's contract. And then you're doing Ooh. a complete rebuild, almost like what uh, – Oklahoma City is doing. Washington's in a tough spot because right now they have an interim general manager, Tommy Shepard, who does a good job, but who knows how long that he'll be doing it. They tried to hire Masai Ujiri from Toronto. That didn't work out. But I'm only trading Bradley Beal. If I'm going to trade my best player, i got to get a lot of assets back. And that's why what Oklahoma City did was smart. You know, they got a ton of first-round picks back because there are certain markets, and for some reason Washington is like this. I, you know, it's an international city, it's a diverse city, but they're a city that can't attract free agents. So they always have to do it through trades and through the draft. So I have to get back a lot of draft picks, and i got to get rid of that John Wall contract if I'm going to trade my best player, Bradley Beal. Frank, what do you think about the Jake Marisnik getting plunked in his first game back after the collision at home plate situation? I mean, I don't think that any of us didn't expect some kind of retaliation because, unfortunately, that's just the unwritten rules of baseball. But what's your reaction to the way in which that actually played out? You know what? I thought it was interesting because it was his first game back. They waited until the third at bat Mm -hmm. to get him, and they waited until the third pitch. So the Angels knew that they were going to get him. So instead of throwing at him the first time that he's up, because I think if they do that, they're probably thinking maybe, you know, the umpires have, of course, been alerted to the situation. They know what's going on. They're probably thinking if we throw at him the first pitch, he's going to get our pitcher's going to get thrown out. So they waited until the third at bat, the third pitch, and Marisnik knew it was coming, and he didn't really have a. Nobody wants to get you know the ball thrown at the square of your back. You know, really the proper way to do it is probably just hit him on the hip where you know. The, it's not going to hurt as much. Right. But he took first base, and when the players on his team got into it with Albert Pujols, there was some you know talking back and forth, and some of the players came out of the dugout. He was telling his own teammates to go back to the dugout. Like, so he knew. You know, it's funny. I always say this. In baseball, the commissioner's office, they have their own way of dealing with punishment. But baseball, you know, the, the culture of it is that the players are going to handle it their own way as well. And Marisnik kind of understood that. Now, listen, what he did to Jonathan LaCroix, I mean, you know, they've done, baseball's done a lot to protect the catcher. That was a nasty collision, and he could have avoided that. So the Angels are seeing their catcher broken nose, concussion out three weeks. There was going to be retaliation. I know the pitcher Ramirez, I think he did get suspended now three games, but I like the way that Marisnik handled it. He knew something was going to happen. He was okay with it. He took first base, and I think he figured, all right, it's over now. I think it happened after your appearance last week on this program, so you may not have been able to comment on it for our audience. Frank Isola, our guest here on Outkick the Coverage with J. Martin Jeff, in for Clay Travis. Russell Westbrook goes to Houston. Your gut feeling as to how 
that is going to end. I know they kind of like each other. They were friendly back in their days with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe there is an affability there that certainly did not exist between the two State Farm teammates that begrudgingly had to play together with the Houston Rockets. But Westbrook is a guy who I think his game is not going to age gracefully at all because it's built on athleticism, not on shooting, which is the one skill you might be able to hang on to for a few more years. But but how do you see this ending? Do you think they have a shot at a championship? I think they do. I've, I've always felt that Houston has completely overreacted to what has happened the last two years. to them. They've lost to the best team, the Golden State Warriors. They had a 3-2 advantage uh, two seasons ago. Chris Paul was hurt for the last two games. And, of course, this year was disappointing. Durant didn't play the last 14 minutes of Game 5. He was unavailable for Game 6. Houston ended up losing that home game. And then you know they fired basically the entire coaching staff except for Mike D'Antoni. And they wanted to make a move. They were desperate to do something, whether it was getting Jimmy Butler or wherever else it was going to be. I'm, I'm always of the belief, I don't know how you guys feel about this. If you remember, when Miami went out and got, when they signed LeBron and Bron and Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade was already there, they had re-signed him, everyone was wondering how it would work. And I was always of the belief, you know what, if, if, you're great, if you have great players, you somehow find a way. You know, the Golden State Warriors found a way. I mean, they have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and then they added Kevin Durant. They found a way. They, they went to three finals and won two of them. And I, I think the fact that James Harden and Russell Westbrook get along, I think is going to be a big thing. But I do agree with you. I think you're right about Russell Westbrook's game. Not a great shooter. And, you know, he shot 66% from the free throw line. So this is a guy whose game is attacking the basket, drawing contact, and going to the free throw line. He's shooting like he's a center from the free throw line. 66% for a guard is bad. So that's the part that worries me. But I do think the fact that, you know, they've known each other for a while, they seem to get along. And Russell Westbrook, we could say this for him, there's a lot of things you're not going to like about him. But in a, in a league where guys take off and there's load management, that dude goes out there and he plays and he plays hard. So that... that that's the one thing about Russell Westbrook where you know you never have to worry about. It. I actually think it can work. Well, you, because you just mentioned that, you talked about sixty-six percent from Westbrook. One more for you: fifty-seven percent from the line for Ben Simmons, who doesn't shoot well from about four feet. That's about his range right now in the NBA, and they just gave him a five-year extension for one hundred and seventy million dollars. It's not the turn of the century. It's not the mid-90s where you can get away with a point guard that doesn't shoot or pretty much anybody on the floor that doesn't shoot. It doesn't look like Ben Simmons is all of a sudden going to develop a jump shot. So how do you feel about the Sixers at this point committing that kind of money to a guy that has that much of a liability on the offensive side? Well, guys, think about it. They committed a ton of money to Tobias Harris in the offseason, also to Al Harford, and now Ben Simmons. What's amazing about Ben Simmons is he's over 17 for his career on threes. Now, some of them are desperation shots at the end of a quarter or at the end of a shot clock. But the fact that he's only taken 17 threes, that's Steph Curry basically in two games will take 17 threes. But he's 6'10", and he plays to his strengths. He, he can defend. He can get downhill. He can overpower other guards. And when Jason Kidd is in the Hall of Fame now, when he came into the league, he wasn't considered a good shooter, and it's something that he developed. I'll give Ben Simmons credit for this. He kind of understands the strengths of his games. He understands the flaws of his games. So he's not just sitting out there launching up three-pointers and you know, crossing his fingers and hope, and hope that it works. I will, I'll also say this. Last year, if you remember, they started the season with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz in their backcourt. One guy, Ben Simmons, wouldn't take threes. The other guy, Markel Fultz, can't make threes. I thought that was like the worst combination. <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, this team will never win anything, and sure enough, they ended up 
putting Markel Fultz on the bench, and they made a trade. But Simmons, what I like about him, he could still be a dominant player without shooting threes, and I think he'll develop that part of his game. Frank Isola, you're the best, my friend. Fill in Frank, I don't know. I don't think we can call you that anymore. You're on PTI more than one of those two guys, it seems like, all the time at well, this point. Well, those guys, like Clay, they got a good gig because in the summer they're basically off the whole time. So I can't go away because I need the money. I'm grinding out here. Not like these guys. They're, you know, they're on, a beach, you know, on a beach or playing golf. Frank, we appreciate it. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. Thanks, guys. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
aspects of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be he used to write for the Indianapolis Star, Bob Kravitz, one of the best sports writers in the country. He's now with The Athletic because, of course, he is. The Athletic is basically just the newspaper company for sports at this point. They just go grab everybody they want. They've taken a lot of people from SI. Richard Deitch is there. Andy Staples was announced to their college football. He's been on our show many times, and he'll do great work as well. But let me read this. It's not great to read stuff on air, but I'm going to read this straight off of his piece about the Pacers, because I think it's a larger issue. It says, All throughout certain portions of the NBA, a manic game of musical chairs was being played before and during the league's free agency period. Superstars were changing locations as free agents. Others were forcing trades from their current team so they could join forces with another superstar. The big names were flying about with big market teams, or better yet, big revenue teams, finding a seat among the league's elite. And the Indiana Pacers? They couldn't even get meetings. They couldn't get meetings with the Tier 1 free agents, which comes as no great surprise. But even after decades of sustained success, and by success we mean being a playoff team year in and year out, they couldn't even get a meeting with the representatives of the second tier free agents. Chris Middleton? Not interested. Tobias Harris? Thanks, but no thanks. And then he talks about how the Pacers didn't technically strike nothing they got Malcolm Brogdon and they were able to get a couple of other things and if Old Depot comes back they're gonna have a really good backcourt but then he goes and that's the problem for Indiana and for so many of the lower revenue small market teams the most they can promise their fans is that they'll be good better than average competitive the Pacers have resided in this NBA purgatory for years having not won a first round playoff series since 2014 they won't tank ever which is both an outdated philosophy and a noble one So they continue to reside somewhere in the middle, good enough to maintain fan interest, but rarely great enough to make a run at an NBA title. The one thing sports can do is sell hope, something the parody-driven NFL does better than anybody. In the NFL, worst to first is not a complete anomaly. A few prescient off-season moves, a great draft like the Colts had last year, and you can go from 4-12 to 10-6. My fear is that the NBA with its soft salary cap and more loopholes than the tax code, continues to become a league of haves and have-nots, creating a semi-permanent underclass of teams that are always left picking up the crumbs after the free agent party passes them by. That from Bob Kravitz of The Athletic. So, Jeff, 
Yeah. If you saw the movement that happened during free agency this year, yes. they did go to big markets. Houston's the fourth biggest city in the country. New York, it's not it's not the Knicks, but it's right. still one of the five boroughs in Brooklyn. Gets Correct. Kevin Durant, gets Kyrie Irving, gets DeAndre Jordan. And then it's L.A. It's the Clippers and the Lakers both right. getting rich over the past couple of years with the Lakers getting LeBron last year, getting Anthony Davis this year. Taco Tuesday videos being released as well. If you haven't seen those, you probably should look them up. It's kind of ridiculous. Okay. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. It's And the teams that lost, you live in one of them. Yeah. Charlotte lost to another big market team. Lost well, to the Celtics. Oklahoma yeah. City lost Russell Westbrook. Lost yeah. Paul George. There are a lot of teams, and even Toronto, who has not really been able to get many free right. agents, rented Kawhi Leonard, got a championship right. out of it, mainly because of injuries in Golden State, but still cashed in with it, and then he left and went back to the Clippers. So, I can understand what Kravitz is saying, although... Toronto was just in the NBA Finals, and Indiana, even though everyone in the world knew Paul George wanted out, was still able to get Victor Oladipo out of that deal, who's turned out to be much better, I think, than anybody expected. So what is your take on the fear of Bob Kravitz here about the haves and have-nots in the NBA? This is the entire history of the NBA. So let's look at the NBA champions. When you consider Toronto to be a small market... I, I, it obviously a big market in Canada. I would argue they're a small market NBA team. Just that, that there's, there, it's not a free agent destination, correct? So would you consider them small market or big market? Toronto? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a small market team just in terms of how it's seen. It correct. depends on how you define small market in terms of revenue and well, in terms I, of population and all that. I, I think it's, it's, um, and television exposure. I, I think it's, it's in a big city, I, I give you that. Um, and it's a national team. There's no other team, team in Canada. But it's in Canada. I just, it doesn't feel like a big market team, all right? No, and, it does and, not. And, okay, so so they, they've won a championship recently. The Cavs won a championship as a small market team because of LeBron only, right? So, And then you have to go all the way back to 2004 to find the Pistons. And Detroit's not a small market. No. But they're kind of but, – but that team was like a small market team, right? It I mean, not, small market's like Portland – Right and so, Oklahoma City is the smallest market. Okay, in the right. League. So basically, and, and so basically, and look, San Antonio actually is kind of a small market, but they drafted very well, right? They brought in yes. Robinson, obviously, and then Duncan uh, Parker and, and Ginobili, um, and they drafted Kawhi, right? So they've they've drafted very well. Otherwise, look, it's Oakland in San Francisco, right? The Warriors. It's the Heat. It's the Lakers. It's the it's the Celtics. Bulls. It's the Celtics. It's the Knicks with their one way back when. Like I, it's, I'm glad I like I like that you said that, but you had to like drag it out. You're 19, like, and 1970. Then, uh, I had to make Knicks. sure that I had the right the year. Actually, 73 was the last one for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, Seattle won one in '79. Small market team. Um, you know, it's always the big market teams in the NBA. It's always dynasties in the NBA. Now, there's been less dynasty ish the last couple of years, but you know, people will say there's been seven champions in the last ten years. Yeah, but you know, the Celtics are repeat champions. He were repeat champions. The Spurs and the Lakers are repeat champions. Dallas, not a repeat champion. That was in 2011. That, that was, a, that was a, a, a new champion. The Cavs were a new champion. The Raptors were a new champion. So, yes, there's been more, quote-unquote, parity for teams to win championships, but they're all the same teams, not, not yeah. anything new. And yeah. this is the way the NBA has always been. And it's why, and I'm, I'm glad Bob mentioned it in his story, it's why the NFL is among the most favorite leagues and maybe the most favorite of, of, of American sports fans is because of the hope. The yeah. NFL sells hope better than any 
league in American sports, major professional American sports. Think about this. The Browns were 0-16 two years ago, and they expect their fans expect to make the playoffs and probably expect to win a playoff game. There are 20 to 25 fan bases right now, if we go through the NFL fan bases, that, that feel, hey, you know, if things break right this year, we're going to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, they, 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 they legitimately think that, right? Like, there's, if you go through the teams right now, right? New England fans, obviously, right? There's, there, there's a, a section of Bills fans that think this is, look, New England's getting old. We got Josh Allen. We got a chance, right? Our improved defense is doing well. Uh, Josh Allen gets better. We added 17 offensive linemen, two wide receivers. We have a chance to be, to make the playoffs this year, right? Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants fans all think they have a chance to do something. Giants fans maybe a little bit less, right? Look at the AFC North. Ravens, Browns, and Steelers fans all excited for the season. Look at the the NFC North. Bears, Packers, Vikings. I think their fans would all expect to make the playoffs if things break right. right? Even the Lions fans, I think, with Stafford. I mean, I just go down. There's four more divisions. The South, all four teams in in the AFC South think... They have a chance to make the playoffs. The NFC South, at least three teams. Three, yeah, three or have, four. Like, so yeah. you see what I mean? Like we can go down the list and pick out the AFC West. I would say, I would say, Oakland Raider fans are excited for the season. I don't know if they realistically think they can make it, but all four teams, I would say, in the AFC West, you're a Broncos fan. You have Joe Flacco. You should have a better defense with McFanji. You have a better offensive line with Mike Munchak. So there's hope. There's hope in Denver. If yeah, Philip Lindsay. You get my point about right. Yes, about, definitely. So, so that is what the NFL does better than any other league. Yeah, and, and if you got hope, then you've got people across the country correct. paying attention to everything that's happening. Which is why I think the NBA this year with this NBA Jam League. Yeah. Where you've got two superstars in all of these different markets, and now you've got, I think you could probably say ten teams at least, maybe even a few more that could make a case why they could win a championship. And usually the NBA list, Jeff, is like three to five max. And really, right. if you're honest, it's three, pretty much max. Right, right. And so it is interesting to see kind of like where we are in the NBA. And I'm, I'm interested to see how the ratings are for the regular season this year because you know a lot two of the superstar teams are out west and, and yeah. the, the start times are, are just miserable for the East Coast. I know, I get it. They're West Coast teams and whatnot. Actually, three teams if you include the Warriors as well. Um but you know, like fifty million people live on the East Coast. Like it's a big, and a lot of media do. It's a big part of the viewing experience. And I don't know if they're going to change the start times for some games this year. I know the baseball, like the Giants, for example, play a little earlier this year. Um, but it's going to be the ratings. I think are going to be down the regular season because of that. Come playoff time, though, they should come back up. Um, but I do wonder if that's going to be a problem for for the ratings this year. Well, I also think that this is going to be the year where you get the referendum on do you have a league or do you have LeBron James and people being interested in a very select few people because the East is going to be better. The East has teams that you want to see in some of these early matchups. I think the Celtics probably are going to take a step in the right direction. Philadelphia has a lot of talent. They bring in Al Horford. They re-sign Tobias Harris. They extend Ben Simmons, who then should be a little bit happier at least. They've already extended Joel Embiid. Let's say Miami does go get Bradley Beal and accepts the John Wall contract in order to make that happen and pairs him with Jimmy Butler. I know it's a terrible deal. But there are teams, and of course I haven't mentioned Milwaukee. Milwaukee goes so under the radar, and they're probably, I think they're the number three favorite according to Vegas. In terms of the NBA, I think the Rockets are number four. The two LA yeah. teams are one and two. But you've got Milwaukee. You've got some teams in the East that they can put in that early yeah. window on TNT or on ESPN 
and then maybe they can keep your attention. The problem is everybody going to sleep. What I expect to happen is some of these Western starts are going to be moved up, at least on the weekends and on national television nights. Even if you move it up an hour, I think that could make a significant inroad yeah. in terms of improving the ratings. But I'm legitimately geeked for the NBA regular season, even though I know that there are still going to be nights where guys are taking off. I mean, 20 games in a lot yeah. of cases for some of this load management. But I can tell you this, when you get to the playoffs, assuming this is just not a catastrophic year from yeah. injury perspective, this is going to be great. Like The playoffs for the NBA next year are going to be awesome. We're probably going to be hosting this show some of that point in time, at least some of that time, or right after yeah. it at the very least. There's there's going to be no shortage of storylines and drama, I think, created during the postseason next year. I mean, we're going to get possibly, possibly, we're going to get Kevin Durant back for the playoffs. Maybe. Clay Thompson back for the playoffs. I mean, like, the, 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 there's a possibility a couple teams that have kind of that might have floated, like, under the radar during the regular season are going to get back superstars for the playoffs. And they obviously will change the landscape of the playoffs. Now, I think that the Kevin Durant timeline and Clay Thompson, at least publicly, is so outlandishly off. I, I don't know why they do that. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to undersell it? Like, you know, and I get you want to have fan excitement, for especially if you're Brooklyn, but wouldn't you kind of undersell it? Like, you look, Durant's probably going to miss the year, but if he comes back, it'd be great. Clay Thompson probably missed the year. But if he comes back, I mean, you have you have David Chow, pro football doc, being like, "There's no way Clay Thompson's coming back in five months from an ACL in basketball. Like, it's unheard of." Adrian Peterson ruined that, by the way, for everybody coming back in nine months yeah. from ACL. Um, yeah. That's unless they're superhero. unless they're getting this unless they're getting the special sauce from uh, from Germany. Um, they're not; those players are not going to. If they do come back, they're not going to be very good. They're not coming back this year, folks. Like maybe maybe Clay comes back as a spot up shooter for for the end of the season in the playoffs. Um, Kevin Durant's probably not playing this year. Like I, I don't I don't know why teams oversell this. I mean Andrew Luck on this problem with with Jim Ursay overselling his shoulder injury. The Panthers at times with with Cam Newton have had this issue. I would always undersell. I'd always say you know it's going to take longer than we think, and if they come back early, good. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Netflix missed its monetary projections fairly substantially yesterday. And so people are wondering what this means. Some are saying, well, this price spike on the monthly fee is to is to blame. I don't think that this particular thing is to blame yet, but it's something to keep an eye on and to watch. I tweeted this out, and I had a lot of people respond to it and made some very, very good points in the process. But somewhere, and I think I undercut it when I said 75 billion minutes have been logged over the last year and a half on The Office and Friends. It actually might be over 80. I can't remember exactly. I believe The Office was 51 million or 51 billion minutes over the last year and a half have been watched and friends was somewhere near 40 but maybe not quite 40 so i think it might be over 80 billion combined minutes on these two by far the two biggest and most watched properties on netflix even with all of the originals that they have and so netflix there are now kind of other reports saying well since they're not going to have to pay for those shows they're going to have more money to do more original content and they have a bunch of great original content they do have a bunch of great original content but I think the bigger issue, there's two things here. One, piracy has gone down compared to what it once was. And I don't think it's because of government crackdowns and various websites being shut down overseas and, and things like that. 
I think it's more because Netflix has made it unnecessary to go pirate movies because they're going to show up. Netflix has made it unnecessary to pirate House of Cards or Orange is the New Black or BoJack Horseman or whatever because just have your Netflix subscription and you get everything to it. These shows, this year alone, to keep friends on the service, Netflix paid $100 million to keep it just for 2019. In 2020, Friends is going to leave the service to go to another platform by its owner. And then in 2021, The Office is going to appear on NBC's new streaming service. And what we're seeing, Jeff, is everybody wants their own streaming service. Every network, there's CBS All Access. Of course, there's the Hulus and the Amazon Primes, but those are also repositories of a bunch of different content where you're able to get it all at one time. But if all the networks continue to follow suit, there's AMC Premiere now. If you want Sundance now, that's a fee. If you want the British stuff, you pay for BritBox for $6.99 a month. If you start to add all of this up, you start to see that a la carte menu that you get through cable where you're like, oh, well, I want this tier. And they'll intentionally put one channel you want on a high tier so that you have to take the stuff you don't want in order to get FX or something that you feel like you should be able to get lower on. But Netflix may have peaked i think sports the zone is going to try to make a run at the nfl i believe when their contracts are up uh they won't be the only ones certainly i'm sure amazon's going to be in that mix still google will be in that mix netflix i don't know if netflix is going to go nfl but they're going to try to do something michael eisner has come out and said he believes that all major american sports will be off of television standard television within the next decade and I think that that's a possible deal here. But if you think about all of the original content that Netflix currently possesses, Stranger Things, 44 million accounts or whatever have logged a minute uh, of the new season, according to Forbes last week. And almost, I, I think, uh, 40% of those actually binged the entire eight episodes within a four-day span. I don't know exactly how they tabulated that, but they tabulated that. But I think it's fascinating that of all that new content – people are still going back to the office and they're going back to friends. And one of the things that was tweeted to me was our attention spans are getting shorter because of social media and because of time, because of all these different options. So it's just easier to go home and put on something that you like that you've already seen because you can kind of shut down your brain, but still enjoy it in the background. And I've come up with this philosophy years ago called the red and blue show, red shows being things I've got to pay attention to that might affect my mood. So I got to be careful about watching that show before bed. Like, I probably don't want to watch Chernobyl right before I go to sleep. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily the best idea. But then there's the blue show, where blue's a cooler color, a softer color. And so I can watch The Office. I can have it in the background while I'm eating dinner or while I'm writing or doing anything like that. Friends is another example of that. And I think a lot of people are also putting that on and going to sleep as well. But losing those two properties, eventually something's got to give, right? Like, eventually... Most people are not going to pay for all these streaming services. So the question is, how many are and how many are going to have to pick and choose? And when it comes down to the two shows that are being watched the most, are you willing to pay just for those and let your Netflix subscription lapse? Oh, great question. Um, probably not. As someone who's seen The Office like 15 zillion times, I've probably seen it. We, you know, I was on your podcast. I've probably seen every episode. 15 times. I mean, like it was on the other night. And to your point, kind of about this vegging out. So it was, so like it was the other night, I was done with work and I do nighttime radio. And I was laying in bed and like I just wanted to just veg. And I was like, oh, the office is on. Let me put this on. I got to watch yeah. a bunch of different things. Um, 
And I just put the office back on. And I, I agree with you. It, it's sometimes you just don't want to think about what you're watching. And so you go back to what you know best. Um, and it's, it's funny you list, you know, you, you listing off all these all the cards that you can purchase now. And we're going to get to a point where people are like, you know, I just, I just want everything. Yeah. That's called cable. Like, oh, cable. Yes. Like yes. What you, what we've had, right. Is, is what you want. Um, <laughs> I think that it's so funny that I think we're going to go back to a point where people are like, you know what? Kind of like that cable thing where, where, you know, for example, most things on HBO, I can go and on demand part of the on demand part of it and download it right i mean there's not much i don't think i can download there and i really don't use cable outside of sports anyways mm-hmm. um the only reason i have direct tv still is for the sunday ticket and when that eventually right. leaves i'll probably be done with uh direct even though i do have their internet the at internet so um what i i would probably not drop netflix because i basically don't watch anything else um i watch netflix hbo go showtime every now and then uh, for certain shows, that new show on Roger Ailes and Fox News is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, I need to watch. I still got to finish Homeland. A couple seasons behind on Homeland. Shameless, I like on Showtime. So, um, no, probably I'm probably not going to leave Netflix for uh, for that. But I think it's it's a bad decision for Netflix to not pay for that stuff. But I get it. They are hemorrhaging money. Uh, they spend way too much money on uh, their own their own content, and they're always. Uh, I mean, what they lost. They were in the red five. Uh, I mean, one point five billion last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Twenty eighteen. I mean, I don't know where they're making this money up from. Yeah. Well, the thing about Netflix that's interesting is if they're making so much money and they're doing so well, then why are they actually canceling original programming now? And actually, in some cases, like one day at a time. I don't know how many people watched one day at a time, but critically, it was one of the most acclaimed series, certainly comedies of the past half decade and netflix moved it on and then it was actually revived by pop tv of all things which was a smart play by cbs to at least get the critics back on the network side but they are not green it seems like they are not letting certain things go as much as they used to and the benefit to an hbo or a showtime or a cinemax or something like that is that you don't necessarily need 15 million viewers in order to make something work if critics like it if it's winning awards if it has a quality attached to it you can leave Breaking Bad on the air, even though it's doing one twelfth of the ratings or the numbers that the Big Bang Theory, for example, is doing. And that that becomes, I think, more of a function for Netflix of they're going to have to start being maybe more discerning about certain things. They say, well, now we have more money to spend on these shows. I guess. But I do find it fascinating that people are still going back to the classics. And it has to be because they want a release and an escape, but they want something easy where they can exhale. And new stuff, sometimes it just requires too much of your energy. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts. at bed 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.